It was probably a song that reminded me of it, or I'd done an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as well. Makes fun. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. I did. I, I had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We, went and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, going. we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. Welcome back to the Alpharatus Podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works, where each week we take something from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. Uh, hello, my name is Ben. I've just, it's now occurred to me that I would love if every intro was sort of like... Slightly different? Well, like, not even slightly different, like, got less confident as the show went on. (laughs) Like, we started off really strong, and then I was like, welcome back to the Alpharatus Podcast, where, uh, we, um, uh, we got you, I don't know, guys. Hi. I'm not entirely sure what we're doing we're anymore. We're back. Uh, we talk about t- uh, shows and games and stuff. But we're still in the middle of a month where we bring up something contentious and an we're opinion s- that we have. We're at the second half. Um, we're in the, the second half two. of that. Uh, so this, this week is the is third m- one. This is the third one. It's my, second uh, last. It's my not video game one. You have a not video game one next yep. week. Um, we've previously talked about uh, some kind of... I, look, we some didn't, weird shit. <laughs> some hot, last week's episode, I think, for me, was really eye-opening. Like, I learned <laughs> a lot about VR and video games. Yeah. Uh, if you missed that one, it's maybe one of my favorite episodes of this podcast we've, we've ever done. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. Like, I just, I feel like I learned I so much. I got a bit. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, it's really good. Um, and then the week before that, I just basically banged on about Assassin's Creed Unity. Yeah. So it's like ups and downs, you know? It's, yeah. It's, it's what you That one was this. a bit fucking dreary. It was, I ranted for hey, half an hour, but it's fine. So I figured, So welcome, welcome back to David uh, ranting David for rants. half an hour. But I figured speaking of dreary, I wanted to talk about... What, what to me is like a kind of interesting part of cinema and storytelling that no one's really discussing because what we're going to talk about is is the defense of Batman Begins. And the reason I wanted to David, do that is... Batman Begins is a good film. Why do you have to defend it? Because it's like the sequel to it is one of the greatest films ever made of all time. Which is, yeah, you are correct. Like The Dark Knight is like one of those films that, like it's Christopher Nolan, like that and Inception are like the two things that you put in the time capsule and when he dies, that's what you, you bring up at his funeral. It's what you pop out, yeah. Yeah, like those are like the two things he's made that he will never surpass or supplant. Like those are like his things, Yeah. right? And you look at Jonathan, Jonathan Nolan, he did Westworld. So it's like the Nolan brothers are clearly quite talented, but for something me- Something in that, that, that Nolan that noggins of them. Fucking English yeah. people, something about them. But there's something to me in this film particular that like, okay, so the Dark Knight is this incredible masterpiece, but Batman Begins is- such a, a visceral representation of this character that we hadn't really seen in, like, film, screen, and the use of, like, CGI was so new and interesting that, for me, I think that as much as The Dark Knight is, like, this masterpiece, the ba- like, Batman Begins is really, like, a tech run for a lot of the ideas. Right. But, like, a tech run insofar as not just, like, actual technical stuff, but script writing, storytelling, character, like, everything feels like a tech are you, run. Are you trying to say that you think that Batman Begins is better than Dark Knight? I think it's a better Batman film. Oh, David. I know, I know. Oh, get I, out of here with that garbage opinion. Look, I think that The Dark Knight is a better film, but I think Batman Begins is a better Batman film, and here is why. Okay. If you'll strap in with me for this journey. I'm going to loosely strap myself in so I can fall out at a moment's notice. Yeah, please do. We, didn't, we don't have, like, seatbelts on these things, but if we did... We should. We, would, <laughs> we should get so Whenever someone has, like, an extreme opinion, you just go, like, yeah, an airplane. Yeah, strapping in. Yeah, I would love that. Um, we'll, we'll buy... We'll go to... There's, like, some places you can go where they just strip airplanes and you can just buy... Or you can just buy, like, you can just buy, like, parts. the parts of airplanes. Well, if like, we ever need toilet to, seats and shit. If we ever have to, like, rebuild the set, we might just get, like, airplane seats. We might just... But they're so uncomfortable. We might just buy a 747. 
Like the whole thing? Yeah, just the whole thing in parts. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just recreate it. Oh, just pop it in a backyard. That's your set. I would love to do that, actually. Shoot down a plane. (laughs) You've stepped it up to something else (laughs) that I'm not comfortable with. And then it just comes down for you. Oh, you know, it's nailed the timing. So, I think, like... And to to try and, like, break down... That was a joke. I'm not actually... Suggesting we I thought shoot that was down pretty a plane. obvious. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I was, <laughs> was going to say, like in the Dark Knight Rides, as Bane does that sweet, nasty action sequence where he's in the. They cut the plane in half and. Oh Jesus! Yeah, and yeah. he just extracts some. They just did that. Kind of... They did that in real life. That wasn't really a stunt. They just did it. Really? I don't know if you've seen the behind the scenes. Yeah, they just did no. that in real life, and I was like, oh, okay. But that's like one of the reasons these films are so cool. Is like they just do a lot of the stunts. Like they flip that truck in the Dark Knight, and you're like. I thought that was CGI, but they just flipped a truck. Yeah. And this film was like a lot of the same kind of stuff where like because Batman Begins is the story of like Bruce becoming like a self-actualized person. He goes from like grappling with, you know, like, you know, his his parents die and he's got to deal with this stuff. And there is this there's a scene in the start of the film that I think is like for me one of the most interesting is it where his parents die. No, because just that scene that we've, we've seen, seen a that lot everywhere. Yeah. But what was interesting to me is like listening to Christopher Nolan talk about this film and like especially like David S. Goya, who wrote the the screenplay for this. There is this element of Bruce Wayne that they tried to explore that like he like before this we hadn't really seen. It's come up again and again after this film. But right. there's this element of like this character of Bruce Wayne who has always been like this billionaire philanthropist kind of like playboy. He's like the Tony Stark kind of person, right? He's yeah, always, that that, that the, yeah, that yeah. is the Tony Stark. He's, quote. he's always been that. But this was the film where they were like, yeah, but what if you know what if he was trying to escape that at the start like because in the start of this film like you know it opens with him you know taking on eight dudes in this in this prison camp and beating the shit out of them and it's like muddy gritty grubby like unpleasant fight sequence that you watch the behind the scenes of and it's like crazy complicated but christian bale does all of the fight scenes yeah and there's an element of you go okay well here's a character you're putting into these scenarios we haven't really seen in this setting before but it's like it's this is batman begins he is he's not really batman no he's yet. not really realized into start, that yeah like it is it is an origin it's not like origin stories of like here's his parents dying again but mm-hmm. it's like it's sort of actual batman which what is it origin. Yeah. it's, it's more where, like, where it's like i want to be a bat because i'm afraid of bats well it's yeah it's it's more the origin story of like how do you go from being like a billionaire kid to becoming like this ferocious animal who you know beats the shit out of people yeah, for Raja Ghoul is there. Yeah, he's also Liam there. Neeson. Which we'll, we'll touch on in a minute. But it for me there's a scene that that is a good pivot point for like trying to understand why I think this is like a really good Batman film, which is uh the courthouse scene where he he's going to confront his parents' killer, um, the 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 guy who shoots them at the start of the film, and Bruce has got a gun and he's planning to kill them, but someone beats him to it. Like someone else shoots him. <laughs> he's like Oh, I don't have to go to jail. Yeah, he's like, holy shit. And then, you know, he gets in the car with Rachel, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what? Like, he, she's like, something's wrong. What's going on? And he's like, I was going to shoot him. So he's like, he has the gun. And she and she's like, ashamed and disappointed in him that he was going to do it. But what's kind of cool about this film is he doesn't shoot them, but like, he probably would have. Yeah. Well, and, he yeah. was planning to. Yeah, there's like, it. he's not, he's not this, like, I think in a lot of like Batman Isn't stories. kind of weird, just like, simultaneously bad and good writing it's kind of like both it's like bad writing in the sense that it's like it's very convenient that someone else shot the guy but then it's simultaneously good writing in the sense that it's where it's like you were able to kind of experience the consequences of an action without having to actually go through the consequences it's yeah it's it's an interesting thing because like so 
scenes turn on like valence shifts where a scene goes from like positive to negative or negative yeah. to positive um or like negative to double negative kind of like but like so and there's two ways that you can turn a scene there's either like decision making so like someone does an action or there's revelation and revelation is like someone realizes something and it changes the plot and the like, way that you get to that is like coincidence or like decisions and actions in the story so like coincidence is like a cool plot point if done well like the entire show of seinfeld is created by coincidences that occur in the show and it's great because it like it examines that idea of like what if pretty much nothing was in your control how funny is that and yeah. it's a great show for that reason this is an interesting scene to me because you're talking about a character who is so deliberate in everything else he does, like the way that he builds the suit and the cave and all, like, he's so planned out and he's the guy that's got like, you know, the the, the contingency of everything. He could kill Superman if he wanted he just to. just really likes bats. But like, he kind of just like, kind of becomes this person because someone else beat him to the punch. Like, that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Thematically that like, he's who he is because kind of chance. Who's the... Who's the person that does shoot the... Uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's just, like, a, a crook who... Like, he's he's no one in this story. Like, he's just, right. like, a nobody. He's just some guy. Yeah, he's just some guy who, who shot the Waynes because um, he was, like, robbing them. No, as in who shot the the, the killer. Who oh, uh, the I can't forest. remember. I think it's one of Marconi's guys because that's why Bruce then goes to Marconi's men immediately afterwards and, like, confronts them in the club. And then, you in know, the club down Marconi, the... like, laughs at him. What's, like, a gen- It's, like, an Italian restaurant. <laughs> but they, like, they, like, laugh right, right, in the right, room, right, and yeah. they're, like, you're a fucking punk. You know what you're doing. That's what he decides to go on his journey to then, like, he goes across the world, like... To Raja well, boy. Well, he, what he's really looking for is answers of, as to, like, who he is. Because, like, his parents are dead. And he's, like, well, I don't really have anything outside of that identity. And I was going to kill And a lot of guy, money. And I'm really rich. So he's like, but who would I be without the money? And that's kind of the journey of this character in this story is like, like, what do you have to become to actually like fix the, like, like fix the problem of your parents' death? And for him, it's like, well, the problem wasn't his parents. The problem was like the justice and the people, like there was no one to save them. Yeah. So he's like, I want to stop that from happening to other people. But to me, what's kind of interesting is in the dark night, he's looking to like beat, joker and in the dark knight rises he's looking to like reclaim his identity but this one is like well what is the identity like it's not just batman it's like bruce wayne as well like is not an actualized character at the start of this he's just a rich dude who's like well i dropped out of college and now i don't know what to do like he's just kind of banging about yeah whereas i i think in the other films they're trying to like confront that that uh edifice against other they're like how do we break batman how do we challenge him in such interesting ways whereas this i'm like well they just kind of formed the character of bruce wayne and that to me like you don't really that's not in any other batman films like to to this is the only origin story we've seen on screen yeah and that's kind of cool whereas spider-man we've seen like eight of them oh jesus christ like it yeah <laughs> they're all completely different and they're also different but also the same because ben, you know uncle ben gets shot every time yeah and you're like why did i watch that this and is the third just one. great responsibility great uh, great power, power. some shit it's me, Spider mom. Spider bite. Sheen. Ugh. My hair raises on its ends. I'm st- I, we're all really hot. One of us is a 35-year-old man. <laughs> um, but to me, like, I, I, so the cool thing about this film is the origin story of it is, like, Christopher Nolan knew that he wanted to do it. And he got the writer, um, David S. Goya. And they basically, like, were in Nolan's garage working on the film. And, like, they built this, like, the production designer built, like, the full-scale, like, Gotham City set, like the miniature set in oh Nolan's garage. God. Like it's such That's a cool story. So lame. I know they're just like these bunch <laughs> of nerds who are like 
we're gonna do a Batman film, and they just like did it in his garage. <laughs> and it's like, how do you tell real people in your real life you're doing that? Which the, I just that's kind of like, love that the difference between like that and just like a bunch of middle aged guys playing like 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 a Batman D and D role play mm-hmm. game is just that. It's a money. very thin sliver. It's a very, very fine line. But to me, like, that speaks to why this is, like, such a focused vision. Whereas you look at, like, BVS or, like, Justice League, where it's, like, written yeah, by a let's, committee. Let's not even look at those. Films. And it's just, like, this vanilla thing where it's, like, yeah, I, I think, you know, particularly because this film was, like, 2005. It was, like, just after the prequels where this was CGI like- looked like garbage and, like, everything was just no good. This was, like, post-Spider-Man. Just, yeah. This, yeah. Was, this was off the back of people seeing that Sam Raimi had made something that was good with a superhero film. Yeah, this was, like, early superheroes. But even, even like... Marvel. Yeah, even, um, even that Sam Raimi Spider-Man film is quite goofy. Like, it's got... Oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of quite comic-y, whereas this one is more, like, heightened reality. Like, and I think that's, like, a crucial difference. I mean, it's like... it. This film has, like, the big meme of being dark and gritty and you know, sort of setting the stage for what DC is now, for better or for worse. Yeah. And it it was, yeah, it was like a direct sort of kind of like, I don't know, antithesis to Spider-Man. It, yeah, it, it couldn't have been more... And like, then Spider-Man 3 came out, and they were like, ooh, we want to be more like Batman. <laughs> we kind of goof that one up, huh? Because Dark and Greedy was like a big thing. Well, I think I think that's like a post-90s movement where there, there was a realization that like, it's like the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, you can do dark and gritty with CGI. And it doesn't have to look bad. Like, yeah. one of the things that was interesting to me about Blade. watching... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff for Batman Begins, like, the CGI they use isn't to, like, do crazy action. It's to, like, do background set stuff or, like, to add in, fill in the vehicles and to, like, really yeah. do set dressing and, like, really interesting... Kind of, like, more like David Fincher CGI than, than like, a Michael Bay CGI kind of thing. Um, but mm. what's, what's... A lot of Michael Bay is practical. But I'd argue that it's that it is more Michael Bay CGI. A lot of Michael Bay is practical. But the problem with the, well, I think I think the problem with like a lot of the no, but the way that he uses, I'm not talking about his set design or like his use of actual like animatronics. I mean, like literally the CGI he uses is often to replace certain things for a particular effect. So like he he a good example is like he'll substitute in like a city backdrop for a different city. Whereas, oh. Whereas, like, Chris right. Nolan's CGI is much more like, we built most of the city, but we need to put in, right. like, yeah, cars yeah. and a monorail. Yeah, I thought you like, were just referring to, like, explosions. Oh, no, he does a lot of that in, in like, practical stuff. Because yeah. he loves explosions. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, meant like, I meant, like, so, like, a good example is, there's a there's a sequence in Batman Begins where uh, it's, like, a it's a virtual camera that swoops down on this this city block, zooming toward Wayne yeah, Tower, and there's a monorail. Shot, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, that's oh, probably all CGI. They built all of that except for the monorail and Wayne Tower at the end. Wow. So they cleared out the city street in the and, and then they, they took composite shots and photography of a city street, layered that over their miniature and 3D models, and then did it all. And it looks really awesome. But like that's his use of CGI mostly is to and achieve stuff like nowadays that. Nowadays you can just use a fucking drone to do that. It's crazy. That's the cri- that's it's the crazy. crazy thing, it's crazy. Yeah. But then you look at something like this, and there was like the limitations in films like this created a sense of like realness. And that's why then, then you look at the crazy thing about this film. Because every other film in this era was like, you know, Sam Raimi did get, you know, he, he got Tobey Maguire to get jacked and to do Spider-Man. And like, he did a lot of a lot of the blocking work for the stunts. But he, he, he had a stuntman, right? Whereas this, 
like is wild to me. They had stuntmen for for um uh, Christian Bale and for Liam Neeson, but they basically did all of the fight scenes themselves. <laughs> and like Maybe they're just fucking nerds, and they just wanted to. I, I don't know. They're, they're, it's when they talk about the film and the, the way that it was put together, they use this fight style called Casey, um, K E Y S I, which was kind of new at the time. And it was this idea of like improvised. Um, they, they described it as like a combination of like American kickboxing and then like <coughs> bar fighting, where it's like a bunch of like different martial arts kind of <laughs> jammed together, and it's very like improvised. So one of the guys describes like a fight scene they blocked out they didn't use in the original or in the final product, where it's like, you know, Bruce Wayne fighting some guy in like a bar fight, and he like gra- like he's in the middle of like doing like an actual martial arts move, and then he gets an ashtray and smashes it into this guy's face. Yeah, and what you see in the in the actual film is this really unique fight style from Bruce Wayne where it's like a lot of elbows and um, sort of the, there there are these movements in it that are very unusual that you're not seeing in other places. And it's because they were using this new style of martial arts, which feels like context-based fighting. Like in an Arkham video game that you play now, oh my God. they basically copied all of that, but then turned right. it up to 11. Sure. Where it's like he's punching someone and he like kicks off a wall and then elbows them or something. But it was the origin of that was this fighting style that was like the path of least resistance, which is what they talk about in the documentary, which is like the way they taught Christian Bale to do these fight moves and the way that the fight coordinator did them is like Batman isn't going to like do a flip over someone and then punch them. He's going to like he's turn around and knock them, them out. Yeah. Like, you know, that, and that there was a big focus on like path of least resistance of solving the problem. The problem is someone's attacking you. The solution is knock them the fuck out. This is also like, um, this is uh, Christian Bale coming off. It, it came with the machinist where he weighed nothing. The that what? The machinist where he weighed like where that was where he was an anorexic dude. Uh no, but there was a um there was a film he did that was basically a copy of The Matrix, mm-hmm. which was like oh, it had like this thing called Gun Carter, which oh. is like the most bullshitty wushu like. Oh, it's just... a bad John Wick. Yeah, yeah, very very John Wicky, but like not. But, like, John Wick plus The Matrix plus, like, Bad Wishu. Yeah. And I feel like it's just, like, a complete departure where he was probably just sick of doing dumb shit. And, uh, yeah, like, it's, like, the antithesis of that. Yeah. I mean, they talked a lot about, um... Because I watched, like... I've watched the behind-the-scenes. Like, there's, like, a two-hour documentary. I watched most of it today. I was rewatching it this afternoon. Um, and... I haven't seen it in years. It's really interesting. I, I go, love this film. I need to go back and rewatch it. I'm gonna rewatch this. the actual film tonight, but I love watching the behind-the-scenes. Because they talk right. about stuff, like, even... You know, instead of what they could have done, which was like CGI'd the Batcave, they just built it. They were like, yeah. well, we need a Batcave. We're just going to do it. And it's that to me, like, you know, and then, but, you know, they, they talk I mean, about yeah, like, oh, because this, this is in like the age of like Lord of the Rings as well. It's, post, it's just, it's, just, just post it's, it's like slipping over that edge of like, but like Lord of the Rings, they were like, we're going to. Build everything. We'll build everything. And, but, and the cool and we'll thing. fill in the rest with CD. Yeah, or we'll do like location photography in New Zealand to make it all. But the problem with. Yeah. The, so, like a lot of the principal. No location f- for Gotham. Well, the, the principal photography was like Chicago mostly. Yeah. Which makes sense because it's like a New York analog in, in all the comics. But, yeah. but it's kind of weird when you th- like actually like think about the setting of this film. It's not a real city. But when you watch these films, it's especially so... especially in the next one, it feels like such a place. Well, like even um, Dark Knight Rises is so obviously Chicago, isn't it? Actually, set in Chicago, it's the you, you literally you see wa- the Golden Gate when you Bridge. watch it. You're like this, this it's like is this not... isn't Gotham. Like it's it's but straight it... up like yeah, like when he's flying in his weird bat plane with the nuke or whatever. Like it's like Golden Gate Bridge in the background. You're like this. 
Chicago? They kind of wanted it. I think with the problem with that, that film in particular is like they wanted it to feel bigger in scale. Missing, of course, the fact that's interesting about Gotham is it's so claustrophobic. Yeah. But they were like, this is, a, this is about the whole city. But one of the cool things about like Batman as a character is like he's not that. He's the dude that's like, I'm going to save one city block or, like, one family. Like, yeah. I'm going to be... Like, this film, like, sure, he does save the city. But really, the, like, he saves the city from the thing that he caused himself. Which was when he, like, destroyed the League of Shadows. They were like, we now have to fuck up Gotham because we've got no other options because we're out of operatives. Like, everything in this film is, like, cause and effect consequence for, like, him saving Ducard, who ends up, you know, and Liam Neeson's character, who becomes Rachel Ghoul at the end. We get that reveal. But... Kind of interesting to me as well when you think about like films since um you know Ben Affleck as Batman in that fight scene in the warehouse he is like this animal like he is just this like you watch that that warehouse fight scene and you were like this could be a film like if they made the film about this type of character it would be amazing. But they're, yeah, but they're kind of like, they're like, this is the same person. You're like, no, yeah. it's not. They cut to the next scene and he's <laughs> like a, this diplomatic kind of, you know, uh, he's Ben Affleck. And Ben yeah. Affleck is like a great Bruce Wayne, but that is not the same Batman that you're seeing. And one mm. of the things that Christian Bale does really well is his Batman and his Bruce Wayne really, they line up really well. They don't feel like departures from each other. It's not like he puts on the cow and it's like this whole different persona. <clears throat> As much as, like, you know, he's got this voice affectation that he does. Which, like, you know, it's been yeah. mean to, to it's, death. It's but, a bit of a meme, yeah. But, like, you know, that's what he's trying to affect. Like, if you think about the world this exists in, like, he's trying to affect that. Where it's, like, he is trying to be this, like, animal. And you see that in the fight styles and the fight scenes. And one of the biggest things that I noticed watching the behind the scenes that they kind of, like, shied away from was... I think they hurt Christian Bale a lot by accident. Because of the way that they were doing with this with this KSI, this... um. This this fight style is yeah. particularly the KFM stuff they did is like the the hits are only like three inches off where they should be, so they're still getting hit in these fight scenes, just yeah. not where they should be. So like, you know, there's a scene where he's on the um uh in the film where he's like it's it's when he's doing the League of Shadows and he's sort of on these these pillars of wood and he's fighting with this staff and they're trying to hit him and he's dodging them or whatever. Yeah, and then they start to beat him up and he's got to like hold on and not fall off. They just were actually hitting him with sticks. <laughs> And, like, that to me, like, you talk about, like, what makes, like, a film, like, an action film feel realistic. And, like, John Wick has an element to it as well. Where, like, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> you just really stick to stuff like that. Where it's, like, mm. you know, this dude is getting hit repeatedly. And, you know, Christian Bale has a photographic memory. So he's seeing a fight scene one day and then coming back the next day and nailing it. Yeah. You know. So you've got the advantage of being, like, we're going to teach this guy this fight scene. He's going to nail it tomorrow. And we're going to do three or four takes. And we're going to keep doing the bit where he gets hit until it feels real. <laughs> and at that point, he's kind of getting hit. I, I always find it weird the the sort of... There's, like, two types of actors. There's, like, the actor where... And this is, like, a generalization. But, like, you, you see this in, like, Hollywood films. And, like, in kind of in this regards, you have sort of the actors where it's, like... They're worth too much to really even risk like doing anything wrong with yeah, them. you can't breathe on ben like Affleck. this like i noticed this when they would in the behind the scenes of um thor ragnarok when they were when they were doing the scene with um chris when he's like tied up in like the in the chains at the start of the film and he's like rotating around yeah. there was like a shot of them like when they had him strung up and like after the shot when they were bringing him down there was literally someone whose job was just to hold his head was just there, like as he's his lowering. Head is insured for just, so much money. Just yeah, no, exactly. Just there to make sure that he doesn't 
like injure his neck on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you compare that to Christian Bale where they're just like Take three of beating up yeah. Christian Bale. Who wants in? They're in that fight. Bring scene. in the interns and the monkeys coming with stick. <laughs> starts just start whacking him. Apparently, like, like and you're like, yeah, it's it's such a different mentality. But well, then you think about someone like Christian Bale, like he's the guy. But like, he, Christian Bale is still worth a lot. <laughs> but he's worth a lot of money. But the reason he's the reason he's worth a lot of money is he is the guy who, for something like the Machinist, was like, yeah, I'll lose. He's like all I'll of my it. body fat. Yeah, and I'll become anorexic. And then for for Batman, like he, he was turned... like, what's that? I need to become well, the Chris opposite. Nolan, Chris, Chris Nolan was like, hey, you need to put on muscle for this. You got to get like bulked up. And he turned up, and they were like, you're too bulked up. <laughs> you're not you gonna went, fit in this. You went too far. He was like too jacked. <laughs> Like, like that, he turned up with day one, and they were like, too jacked. They were like, he's not gonna fit in the suit. He's too jacked, oh and that, God. like, that's a dude who's like, and like, he's committed yeah. to the job. Seat. Like, you know, you talk about actors. Like, okay, so this is why I think Christian Bale. This isn't related to my point, but I think Christian Bale is one of the greatest actors of all time because he's not a method actor. He's not going home being like, I am Batman. But like, what well, he's doing, he's not. He's not Jared Leto. No, he just works really hard. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong, Jared Leto is. An incredible actor. And a sex best. Look, that... Here's here's what I'll say. That whole scenario around that, I think that what happened was, uh, from what we've learned in the time since, a scenario was created where that was an expectation of the way he would behave. And so he did all of those things that he shouldn't have done, and everyone went, no, no worries, Jared. You're preparing for the role. Whereas someone like <laughs> someone like Christian Bale like just does his job really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he just really cares about the jobs, like the roles that he's in, and that to me is like more important than like, you know. And I, Leo DiCaprio went into the woods and ate liver for like six months before. What the 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 what's it the great the no, one that's with the bear? One. Uh, what's it called? You know the one know. that we're thinking of. I know. Um, the one with the bear. And he goes and eats liver, and it's like that's cool, but you didn't have to do that. You could have just pretended that you'd done that. Your you job is to pretend. pretend. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> what literally... Christian Bale pretends really well. Like, that's what he he's does. He's really good at pretending. He's really good. That's what an actor does. And, like, yeah. that to me is more valuable than someone that's like, you know, well, I've I've, I've method acted this thing for six months. It's like, cool. You could have just done your job and mm. pretended to be that person. And that to me is, like, why when you look at the fights, so, you know, the last fight scene in this film between Liam Neeson's character, uh, Rachel Ghul, and... <clears throat> Batman. And by the way, in this film, they say Raj Al Ghul, and it's the first time it's ever been pronounced like that. I can't get it out of my head. In the comics, it's always from Raish, but now right. that they've said Raj, I'm like, it sounds like, God damn it. Um, they have this fight scene in this in this uh, monorail carriage, and it's the monorail again, like the the imagery and the monorail. symbolicness. Yeah, I was going to say monorail <laughs> joke here, but like the the symbolicness of that fight is like incredible. Where it's like the monorail that. Bruce Wayne's father built to save the city he has to destroy the legacy his father built like there's just like so much like vivid visceral like thematic imagery happening and Scarecrow's in this film he's also in it yeah 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 he's again like if you think about the cast that of this film they spent a lot of money on act like Morgan Freeman Christian Bale Liam Neeson yeah um oh it's this fucking name. what's Scarecrow's name um it's not Jonathan I literally was thinking of his name before <laughs> Uh, he's in Twenty Eight Days Later. He's fantastic. He's great in everything he's in. Um, oh yeah, that guy. Um, yeah, I can't think of his name. He looks head. like Mads Mikkelsen, but he's not. Yeah, but he's like he's like a younger. He's like a younger, less creepy Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, and I yeah. love him. He's great in everything. I apologize, come around being named. You're a fantastic actor, but there are elements of this film. Like you look at the amount of money they spent on making he's a good sure Bond that villain. He's such a good. Is enemy. he a Bond villain? No, but he should. But be. he should be. Yeah, yeah Mads. <laughs> right. is. You were thinking of Mads. <laughs> Mads is the Bond villain in Casino Royale. Yeah, he's like the Spectre guy. Yeah. 
Um, I feel like... Yeah, let's continue. Yeah. But, like, to me, what makes a good, like, comic book film is when when you're watching it, you don't really think of it as being, like... Like, you don't watch Batman Begins and be like, this is a great Batman film. You watch it and you're just... It pulls you into what's happening. Like, you become lost in, like, the elements of it. Uh, where it's like you, you you invest in Bruce Wayne's story, not because he's this billionaire, but because in that first fight sequence, you see this like potential of this guy who's like this animal in a fight. Like he's just beating these dudes to a like a mess with like no control, no refinement, no and he's just beating these guys to a fucking mess in this mud in this prison. And you go from that to that ending fight sequence where it's him and Ra's al Ghul and they're on this equal playing field. And the reason that Batman wins is that he's able to improvise and adapt and 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 become different. Yeah. And like, when you think about like a lesson of a film, people always talk about what does the film mean? Like, you know, like <laughs> what is it about? Film theory. But it's like, you know, what is Batman Begins about? It's about like finding your identity and then being able to once you've found that, adapt what the lessons you've learned to be like personalized and like about you, not about the person that taught you those lessons and then ultimately like to use that to do something good and like yeah he could spend his wealth and fix the city and like everyone's heard those arguments before but like to me <laughs> he could just give everyone money that'll solve everyone's problems but that's kind just of give him money that's kind of what batman like it's kind of what the dark knight explores is like if he had to quit being batman what would he do to fix the city that's an element of that film where he, yeah bruce wayne's like i guess i give up the cowl and i do the the other thing Whereas, like, this film is like, well, how do you become the person that has to make that choice? And always, I think, coming-of-age stories have an element, and it's just because, like, everyone goes through this, where it's like, you have this, like, rudderless life at some point, and you go through <laughs> these you, trials. And then you find a rudder. And, well, yeah, you find a purpose. And then you go back to being rudderless, and then you find, like, it's it's just a cycle we go through. It's like the hero's journey. And to me, like, if you're talking about, like, great films that, like, influence your childhood and, like, help you form as a, this is it came out in like 2005 like mm. i was quite young pivotal pivotal, pivotal moment like, in david's life yeah like for me this was a film and like i was already invested in batman as like a mythos but for me this was like not about batman it was like about realizing that if you have all of these resources that you put into something that you care about like christopher nolan like picked everything really like he's he's kind of up there with like you know uh the these like David Winers and the people in that industry who were like so talented at picking and choosing like specific scenes and sequences and like really being very careful about every specific detail. You look at this film as a whole and you just go, it is buck wild that they made it as good as it is in a time when Sam Raimi was like, <laughs> the thing you do is the CGI. Spider-Man. And it's that you cast the 35-year-old man as the teenager and they're like, yeah. no, this is a Bruce Wayne who was like older. He's like 30 and he's he's got... It's Christian Bale, and he's doing these... And, like, it just, to me, speaks to everything that Christopher Nolan's done in the meantime, which is, if you have a vision, then what you should do is do your best to make it in the confines you have. Not be like, give us $10 million and we'll do it. You know, it's like, make the thing that you want to make. Don't make the thing that you could make with all of the money. And that, to me, is, like, why this is, I think, the best Batman film. Even though The Dark Knight is, like, clearly, like, a superior, like, film. Like, it's a great... It's a masterpiece, and it's going to go in the time capsule when when we when we die and we send into the stars, and the, yeah. like, it's going to be the, one of those films. Like same with Inception, and a bunch of other things. But for me, if you're talking about like films that influence you in a way that makes you think about storytelling differently, this is that film for me where I was like, oh, you can do superheroes, but have it not be about being super. It's about just like someone doing their best to make a difference. And they did a lot of it practically. And that's, like, I, I don't know. Like, if, if you're talking about, like, 
things that people really underwrite or, or like don't think are fantastic this film to me is like criminally underrated because <laughs> it, it set forth like a precedent for like what you can do if you if you have a vision and you have a budget and you can actually like take an existing ip and make something good from it and there's like a lot of industries that could learn from that like video games films tv like i don't know i just think it's one of those those pieces of media that yeah we should talk about more the film gave me nightmares as a child, so I yeah, don't like it. Yeah, real scary because yeah, the maggots in his face. So spooky, it's real spooky, yeah. yeah. No, too spooky. Yeah, not Too spooky, too furious. Uh, have you got any recommendations? I've movie? been doing literally nothing but move out and move in. I was so doing that last month. Such I've, shit. I've been doing nothing but move boxes upstairs, just mm-hmm. from the car, upstairs, upstairs, lots of going upstairs. Uh, I fucking, yeah, literally nothing. That's what, like, my <laughs> watching month. TV. Because that's because oh. we don't have internet yet. Oh god! So just it's just been nothing. I'm I've sorry. been reading like the Smash Brothers subreddit and just getting excited. That's been my week. Wow. My recommendation: just binge Smash Brothers news. I guess it's good. It's all good. I god damn it! I'm, I, I'm I keep so getting the more I, game. the more I read about it, the more I get excited. It's really bad. I would buy it tomorrow. It's, oh, I'd I'd buy it yesterday. They just won't let us yet. They just won't let us. Oh, it's six t- months. Let me pre-order that shit. Uh, oh, you can pre-order it already, but like, yeah, but I don't, I don't I'm not, I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna pre-order. I want that game right now, though. It's so I just, excited about. It. I want to pre-order it now. I keep thinking I about want it. it. I keep thinking about it. I'm like, I want to play I keep, Smash. I I keep looking at the goddamn subreddit, hoping that like uh, it'll be like the demo is out. <laughs> well, the demo's out. Our productivity is over. But, oh yeah. But like, I've been playing Darkest Dungeon all week because the DLC came out yesterday, so I had to prep my roster for that. And you have, to be, you have to give yourself some time slots for when you're just going to be ruining your life with Darkest Dungeon. It's all I've done for like yeah. two days. It's God, it's so good. <laughs> God, it's good. So like, okay, what they've done is they've taken the base game and they were like, what if it was way harder, but the rewards were way more interesting? So like, instead of what normally happens in the, they also did like a big balance update for the okay. whole game, which really helped. But yeah. like, they've introduced all of these trinkets, which are like boosts for your characters. Yeah. That. Don't just help you and harm you. They do really weird shit. So, like, one of them is, like, a trinket for a particular class. It, like, boosts, like, AC and, like... It's, like, AC and something that's, like... I don't want to spoil, like, the mechanic that the DLC introduced, but, like, something that's, like, really important to succeeding. Yeah. But then has this huge detrimental thing where if a character in your party dies during a battle... Everyone gets 100% stress and gets something else, like a minus to 50 stun resist. It's like a buck wild, like, will never happen negative effect. Right. The Literally the battle after I purchased it and used it, I had that happen to me. And I was like, fuck! And my, I got party wiped and lost Jesus it. Jesus Christ. Like, it is just... The, and it's my goal, my goal this week and next week is to finish the game and uninstall it. Because <laughs> all I want to do is play it. I was like, I don't want to do off yeah. I just want to play Darkest Dungeon. Holy shit, that game is genius. It's on sale right now, and you get the whole game, all the DLC and the soundtrack for like 20 bucks. Um, or you can just buy the game for like five. If you haven't played Darkest Dungeon, <laughs> buy it on Steam. <laughs> it is, in my opinion, one of the greatest video games of all time. It's on the Switch as well, but it's really hard to play on the Switch. It's hard on the Switch because the controls the don't controls quite make sense. The controls just suck dick. But, it's just bad. but serious, it's just PC, yeah, fucking it's hell. Um, but also, just as a related note, um, I spilled scotch on my laptop the other day, and the wireless card doesn't work anymore. Oh, good. So I can't play Darkest Dungeon on my laptop in bed, because the, <laughs> like I can't sync up to the Steam. 
<laughs> no. But thankfully, thankfully, the router is next to my bedroom, so I've just run an Ethernet cord through. So I can oh, you can so you can get yeah. your ducks dungeon. Fixed. I've got like I've got a problem. Yeah. Like I'm I'm getting to that, that point. Sounds where, like, like the I'm like, what of... if I run a cable through the roof and into my bedroom? Like it's like I. What are you talking? It's about? your ducks dungeon cable. Oh my god. Yeah. It's so it's such a fucking good video game. That and I've started playing Metro twenty twenty three. Twenty thirty three. Um, really cool idea for a video game and really fun and I'm loving it. But man, it's old. Like oh, playing it, yeah. like like it looks like a new game because they've done it in a new engine. Mm. Man, it's like a fucking old concept where it's like chapters are like ten minutes each. Yeah, it's real weird. I'm loving it, but man, it's weird. It is weird. Um, so I don't know. Check that out if you want. Uh, otherwise, I've literally done nothing but play Darkest Dungeon. I've got nothing <laughs> for you. Uh, but I'm gonna. I've got a video coming out next week about Lie to Me, which is a show that apparently no one watched. It's one of the greatest shows of all time. Um, so check my Twitter if you want to see some of that stuff. Uh, but as always, where can people find us, Ben? <coughs> Facebook. I'm sorry, that was uh, gross. At DCM Works Social. It's not... You, you belch YouTube. a lot on this show. Yeah. Uh, YouTube.com slash DCM Works. Put out a video this week where I spend a lot of time researching why dads run weird in games, and then I say, I say potentiometer wrong. <laughs> you do. Did you keep that in? I the fir- I changed... Potentiometer. The, I changed the first one because it, <laughs> it was the only one that sounded wrong. Everything else is pretty close. Uh, but so- it's potentiometer. It's potentiometer. It's because my fucking accent. Potentium eater. Potentiometer. Potentium, yeah, potentiometer. But it's because eater is like meter. Eater. Potentium eater. Oh my fucking god! I can't. My brain can't do it. I can't. Potentiometer. Yeah, it's a potentiometer. Yeah, it's like an odometer. No, it's not. It's a variable. No, but the the linguistic origin. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, it's like odometer. I didn't mean it was similar to odometer. I was gonna say it's nothing like an odometer. No, so it's wrong in that video, but it's a it's a great video. Yeah, it's like three minutes long, and I'm I'm really loving that format. So I'm gonna do a bunch more stuff with it. Um. Uh, do we still in the middle of it that we tell people where they can find us? Uh, Twitter? Uh, yeah, at decent yeah. underscore works. YouTube. Uh, <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs> slash DCM works. Um, uh. And if you want to support us, you can subscribe for more than $3 a month. You get access to up to 60 behind the scenes, Patreon only no more. podcasts, open to up suggestion. To 60, that's it. Stuff like the weird audiobook interface. Um, the next one's coming out soon. I, to be honest, I've been editing the audiobook for my actual book, so um, priority because one of them, like, I get to sell. One of them makes so, yes, no, but that'll come out. Technically, soon. they were technically money. making money. One back. of them is a book that we wrote. One of them is something from the internet. Exactly. So, uh, so keep an eye out for that soon. Uh, otherwise, uh, you, yeah, you can get access to all that content. Uh, really appreciate you guys supporting us. Big shout out to Yup Kuman, still our biggest Patreon supporter. Um, cheers for looking out for cheers, us. Fam. Means a lot. Helps us keep the lights on and helps me justify doing this. So that's always <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, you can go to patreoncom slash DCMworks. Uh, for you know three dollars a month, you basically subscribe and get access to everything that we've made, uh, and we keep providing you kind of new interesting stuff. Most recent thing we put up was our E3 breakdown, where we go through all of the announcements from E3 oh, and talk E3 about them. Budget blowout. Yeah, we basically do a reaction. A million. It's a reaction podcast, I think. It's, it's very, very dumb. There's some good bits in the middle where we argue about stuff, but otherwise, yeah. I think it's kind of. But it's otherwise, kinda, it's, it's pretty. Fine. It's pretty garbage. It's perfectly serviceable. Yeah, <laughs> that's content. <laughs> uh, so you can subscribe for that at Patreon.com/slash/GCMworks. Otherwise, if you want to follow us individually, I'm at DCMYHatePie. I'm at the literal. I'm at literal citrus. He's gonna cut that first uh, bit out. In. Okay. I will see you guys next time. It was probably a song that reminded me of it, or I'd done an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. 
writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as well. Makes fun. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. Did I? That had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We went, and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, from. we did. There was a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. Really fucked that up, huh? <laughs> yeah. Laurel, Laurel, Laurel. Laurel, I'm a little. It's. Oh, 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 oh.